Good evening, Christ Church Westchester family and friends. I'm so glad to be with you this evening and to worship our triune God together. Tonight's passage will be Isaiah 33, verse 17, and our time will be of much greater benefit to you if you found this text with me in your copy of God's holy and inspired word. As you find Isaiah 33, verse 17, I'll pray for us. We will read together, and then we will dive into the text. Let's pray. O great God of everything and everyone, you alone are worthy to be praised simply for who you are. You are perfect. Please grant us to be strengthened by your spirit as we receive your word tonight. Plant your word down deep in us and cause it to bear fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let's read Isaiah 33, verse 17 together. God speaks to us in words recorded by Isaiah, saying, Your eyes will behold the king in his beauty. They will see a land that stretches afar. Out of the infinite riches of God's grace and mercy and love, he provides unshakable hope for his people amidst the darkness of the fallen world. In fact, that's the overarching theme of tonight's text. It is God's people have an unshakable hope in God's promises because he has already won the war. Before we continue, I'd like to take a brief moment to paint a mental picture for us. In J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, there's a particular battle, the Battle of Helm's Deep, that is eerily similar to the context of our passage tonight. Sauron and the forces of evil are waging war on Aragorn and the forces of good. Aragorn is backed into the corner at the base of a mountain. A sea of evil forces is bearing down on his front, and a wall of rock surrounds his sides and rear in the fortress that they are defending. The battle begins, and Aragorn's defenses are inadequate. Their stronghold is swiftly and violently breached, and Aragorn his defeat is inevitable. Flashing back to the time of our text, Assyria was the reigning dominant world power in the Near East at the time of our passage. And Sennacherib, the king of the Assyrians, was unrivaled in pillaging all his opponents with vicious physical and psychological warfare. They destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 B.C., and now Sennacherib has set his sights on Jerusalem after he has invaded Judah. From seemingly desperate motives, King Hezekiah surrenders to God's enemies. He surrenders to Sennacherib. He pays him tribute to avoid, being, to avoid overwhelming annihilation. Hezekiah's efforts were futile. Tolkien's work depicts a similar scene to the conditions surrounding our text. Hezekiah and all of Jerusalem 
were in a despairing situation. And Aragorn and his army were in a despairing situation. When all hope seemed lost for Aragorn, amidst the overwhelming forces of evil, an ally, Gandalf the wizard, appears over the side of the hill and charges down with an army of fresh men, winning the battle for Aragorn. No surrender, no tribute, no human effort could save Hezekiah and those in Jerusalem. In this recorded account, we see the faithfulness of God and the faithlessness of man. Hezekiah eventually turns from his vain efforts. He eventually pleads and declares utter dependence on the God of Israel in prayer. And the God of Israel sends his angel and strikes down 185,000 of the most fierce warriors the world has ever known at that point. Even before God won the battle for Hezekiah, God gives Isaiah this prophecy to Hezekiah and those in Jerusalem. Your eyes will behold the king in his beauty. They will see a land that stretches afar. God's people have an unshakable hope in his promises because he has won the war. The remainder of our time tonight will be outlined by two points. First, the hope for Israel. And second, the hope for the church. Let's look at the hope for Israel. Our text appears towards the end of Isaiah's prophecy concerning the defeat of the Assyrians. Earlier in chapter 33, Isaiah prophesies about Isaiah, Isaiah prophesies about Assyria, saying, Ah, you destroyer, who yourself have not, been de- not yet been destroyed, you traitor whom none has betrayed. When you have ceased to destroy, you will be destroyed. Isaiah then goes on to provide the Israelites with unshakable hope that their eyes will see the king in his beauty. They will see a land that stretches afar. At the time of our text, King Hezekiah gave up leading the Israelites and protecting them from the Assyrians. Hezekiah waved the white flag of defeat and he sheltered himself within the walls of Jerusalem. This is not the picture of a king in his beauty. A king is in his beauty when he has defeated his enemy. And he marches around the land, arrayed in splendid clothing, doing a victory lap. This prophecy from Isaiah is foreshadowing what God was about to do for Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem. God would effortlessly make that time period's largest and most powerful force in the Near East retreat in defeat. Second Chronicles 32 verses 22 through 23 gives us greater detail about this account. It reads, So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all his enemies. And he provided for them on every side. And many brought gifts to the Lord, to Jerusalem, and precious things to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations from that time onward. This is the king in his beauty, surrounded by a land that stretches afar. 
just as God had promised through his prophecy from Isaiah. God's people have an unshakable hope in his promises because he has already won the war. Through God's preservation of Hezekiah and the Israelites in Jerusalem, God's faithfulness is displayed. And there is no question that his future promises are trustworthy. They are trustworthy. The hope of deliverance for God's people then, Israel, is the same hope for the deliverance of God's people now, the church. This brings us to our second point, the hope for the church. What was spoken by Isaiah to the Israelites in Jerusalem was recorded for God's universal church. Your eyes will behold the king in his beauty. They will see a land that stretches afar. Hezekiah's beauty after God's victory was short-lived. He still died, and his beauty faded. Jesus Christ is the one true promised king of God's people. Both of these kings died, but only Jesus rose again, declaring himself to be the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. The first time Jesus came to earth, he lived the perfect life of obedience before God. And he died in the place of God's corrupted people. He then rose again and ascended into heaven. Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. He willingly absorbed the wrath of God in the place of God's people. Jesus received God's wrath so that those who believe in him will see him in his beauty after life on earth is over. Now God has highly exalted Jesus Christ and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is our king in his beauty. And we get a glimpse of the land that is in store for God's people in Revelation 21, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Allow me to ask you a question. Do you feel similar to Aragorn in the Battle of Helm's Deep before help arrives? Do you feel the Assyrian army at your door shaming you and your hope is nowhere to be found? Is your loneliness suffocating in the midst of this pandemic 
or in the longing to be married or have children or in the anguish of losing loved ones? Do you wrestle with the crushing weight of depression or oppression or mental illness? Take heart, friends. God's people have an unshakable hope in his promises because he has already won the war. The fallen condition of this world is not forever. Jesus Christ defeated sin and death. God promises to make all things new when he comes back. He will personally wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. And neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. God gives the same unshakable hope for those of us who struggle with patterns of sin. Do you struggle with giving in to angry outbursts with those you love? Do you struggle with fantasies about or lusting for the opposite sex? Do you struggle with an unsatisfiable appetite for food or entertainment? Binging food or binging Netflix? Have you sin in your life that seems inescapable or unavoidable? Isaiah speaks of Jesus Christ in chapter 53, saying, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. For us who claim to be Christians, the Apostle John says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we will know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because, he, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. For those of you who are not Christians, every member of Christ Church Westchester would like to personally thank you for joining us tonight. Please come speak with me or any of the members after the service. We would love to share with you more about the triune God of the Bible and how he can save you through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. In conclusion, what are we to do in light of our unshakable hope from God? We are to trust, trust God that his promises are true. Take him at his word. All of those who repent and place their faith in Jesus Christ for righteousness before God will be saved. And all those who repent and place their faith in Jesus Christ for righteousness before God will behold the king in his beauty, and they will see a land that stretches afar. Let's pray. O oh, great, great God of heaven, we give you praise for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for rescuing us from ourselves. Enable us to daily place our faith in Jesus Christ and live in the light of the sure hope that we have, seeing the King in his beauty and a land that stretches afar. Amen.